Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Welcome back, guys, to Color Me Dead. We are episode 130-something. I think we're 141. Okay, well, we might be episode 141. We're on episode unknown. We are going to do an unsolved I don't like to it. go with our unknown. Yeah, the unknown episode for the unsolved. Yes. Un. Un. Nun, 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 nun. Yep. That's the day today. But before we jump in, feet first, like we do, a couple of quick things. If you guys are interested, go to ageradio.org slash color me dead. There, you guys will be able to donate to our Patreon. You guys can shop the bazaar, check out our other programs by our awesome other peoples that are running in that syndicate. You can look at our past episodes. Lots of things there to be done. There are many if things. you want to donate to our Patreon, you can do so there, or you can go to patreon.com slash color me dead podcast. And we have... Um, Everything from a dollar up to $75. We're trying to get more stuff put out there. Um, it is a process, guys, and sometimes life gets the best of us. 2020 has been fucking ridiculous. It has. And I <clears throat> ordered new stuff to send out. I haven't sent out the last quarter, I guess we'll call it, for um, new Patreon because I had new stuff coming. Well, there's new stuff. And also, I need you guys to understand that USPS and UPS are getting their asses handed to them they really on are. the daily. So if you see your mail carrier, even if it's not your ma- mail carrier, be pleasant to those people because the fucking level of malarkey that is happening nationwide with shipping shit is bananas. It's ridiculous. Uh, also, we have merch. And if you want some merch, you can do merch. You can go to colormedeadpod.threadless.com. We just added masks to our shop so you can get a color me dead mask they are um 17 for the premium but there's three different kinds i can't remember what the prices are on all of them but you can get a, a youth mask just a regular one and then there's the premium one and you can get all the designs that we have on there which is pretty fucking badass yes it is so if you are participating in the wearing of masks please do so get with color, color me, me dead, dead. Uh, if you guys want to send us things to the mail, you may do so. We have a P.O. Box. It is P.O. Box 1610, Vernal, Utah, 84078. Uh, before we talk about Britney Beers, didn't you have a shout-out you want to do? I do. I have a shout-out to the ladies at the Oil Change Place. I think it's called Rocky Mountain Oil and Lube. Don't quote me on that. They'll know who they are when they hear this. But I went to get my oil changed the other day, and she was like, you're Nikki from Color Me Dead. And I was like, yeesh. (laughs) I was not on my game that day. No makeup, like totally sweaty blob of mess. But they were so nice. And that place is awesome. If you live in Vernal, you should go there because they're badass. They're quick. They're not as expensive. And they give you an air freshener. (laughs) I got a peach one. Is anyone surprised? No. Nope. They're not, unless it was like, Ed, you know, it's either Ed Gein or Peach. I don't know. If you want to email us, you can send us some emails too at colormedeadpodcast at gmail.com. Dwakwam. <clears throat> and uh, heads up for the next few weeks, they're going to be shorter episodes. Yep. Um, they're a little bit more fun-ish, 
Ish. Ish. As um, fun as as fun as murder. As fun gets. as we get. Yeah. Muck duck. As muck. fun as the muck duck gets. <laughs> That's why it's called murder, not muck duck. <laughs> but I'm moving. Um, I started a new job, and you can explain your side too. Oh, I've got lots of things happening in my universe. Um, my schedule has changed. Um, I'm going to be going back to straight graveyards and, uh, I'm going to be returning to school as well. I'm going to get me some more educations. Education. Educations. Yay. Yay. So we're not going to say things are going to go back to normal at no. a certain time. Cause every time we thought they were this year, all hell broke loose. Dude, between like for real, we've had a million tiny little, um, chaotic things happen in between like larger things like parents having life-altering surgeries parents passing away children getting sick i got sick spencer had emergency surgery like school you know going to school going not going to school you know like the whole covid thing and having to do fucking quarantine and like Dude, this year was just fucking... Right, every time that I was like, uh, we'll, okay, this and this is going to happen, then we can get back to normal. <laughs> and then we're going to get and back to normal. And then we get to that point and like... There just isn't hell a breaks normal loose. anymore. And yeah, so For, we can't... I don't even know if we're going to say Wednesday is our day anymore. Like, I would love to say that Wednesday is still the day that we're going to drop. And, and we'll shoot for that, guys. We'll try. But you know what? There isn't a normal anymore. And we don't even know what our normal is. And... Trying to be consistent right now is not going to happen. And I, please forgive us. But it's not because we're not trying. We're trying. It's just difficult. Yeah. And I will, I want, I keep wanting to say once I get moved and settled in my house and. No, but no, then, just don't, but I don't dare because don't as do soon it. as I do that, then something is going to happen. I loved, so. I loved that everybody was like, you guys can still record on Google Hangouts and you can still record and do. And I'm like, you guys are absolutely right. We 100% can. And we will, if that's what it comes to, but we've done that before and we know that we record best. In together. person, together. Well, and a lot of times recording, the actual act of recording isn't the problem. There's also research that goes along with it. And when we don't have time to research, I guess we could record and just sit here and bullshit. But that's not really what but you're here for. But that's not what Colony does. <laughs> I mean, I suppose we could. Well, we are right now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, we do do that. So, but that's not what we're <clears throat> about. So we're trying to figure our lives out. You know what I mean? Like I've got two kids that I'm getting ready to move off to college and Nikki's going to try and homeschool one all of hers. All three. All oh, three. Are you doing We're all three? doing all three now. Oh. I'm homeschooling everybody. Plus well. working from home. Plus podcast from home. Yeah. So I'm going to be going back to school plus working graveyards and podcast. So there's going to be some things. Yeah. But lemonade out of fucking lemons right yeah kids are doing better yes i'm gonna i'm gonna work on my school stuff you know it's it's gonna be we're gonna so do the damn thing we're not quitting is what we're saying it's gonna be weird and we're not quitting we're gonna keep going we are not it is we are not quitting but shit is gonna get fucking weird and some of our episodes might not entail as much as you would like and just know that we're doing the best we can and we're gonna have we'll still have those Ones that have all the good Stop research. Stop vaping. Stop vaping while I'm talking. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. All of the, we'll still sorry. have the good research ones. We promise all of that. That we can promise. Yes. It just won't, it, just give us a minute. A minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but we're doing the damn thing. So, are you ready? 
I am so ready. All right, guys. So this is an unsolved episode. Um, this is about Brittany Bear. She was only six when she went missing from her mom's courtyard in front of her uh, apartments. They were called the Village Manor in Sturgis, Miss. <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> in Sturgis, Michigan. September 16th, 1997 was the last time that Brittany would be seen by anyone. Her mother, Tina Stetler, had left the residence roughly around 8.30 p.m. to run errands and left Brittany behind, playing alone outside on her bike. Brittany was wearing a little white tank top adorned with little flowers and pink tie-dye shorts with white sneakers that day. That made me really sad. I don't like this. Because you could actually, like, you saw it. Brittany yep. was six years old. What fucking parent does anything that involves leaving the fucking house with a six-year-old by their by themselves? No, definitely not me. I like a, that's a that's nope. a mature ass six-year-old. I guess that's a big no for me. Fuck. Yeah, I'm too paranoid for that shit. I wouldn't even leave my nine-year-old alone. That's, I really feel like nine is like, hey, I'm running to Maverick. I'll be right Right. back. Don't move. Yeah. Like, stay on the couch. Don't fucking move. And you're gone for literally 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, that is how you bolster up to leaving, like, your 12-year-old home for a few hours. You know what I mean? At least in my opinion, I'm not telling you how to raise your children, but six feels like I'm going to be, I'm going to be an obligatory asshole. Six is too fucking little. Anyway, I agree. That's our thoughts. If you do that, we're not shaming you. That's just our yes, thoughts. I am. I <clears throat> this is Angel. I'm shaming you. Angel shaming you. I will shame and the I fuck out of you. Am too. I don't have any children. Allow me to shame you. Allow me to shame you. Apparently. I don't have any biological children. Let me allow you to. Well, I have three, and I say no. <laughs> I say <laughs> this is six a giant fucking no. Little. All right, Brittany had um she had only made it to about four feet she was about 45 pounds when she went missing Mm. britney is a caucasian female with blonde hair blue eyes britney was missing her four upper baby teeth at the time of her disappearance she wore her hair pulled back into a ponytail well roughly after five minutes has passed and britney's mom goes to do whatever the fuck britney's mom decides she needs to do a passerby spotted Brittany out front of the apartment sitting on a bench. She appeared, appeared to be talking to a man in a red or brown car parked nearby. The witness was talking, um, excuse me, the witness was walking to a local burger joint and didn't suspect anything and only offered the informa- information after Brittany's disappearance was broadcast. Brittany's brother Joshua saw her chatting with the stranger as well as telling him, telling her brother that she had made a new friend. Tina Stetler, mother of Brittany, returned home at approximately 9.05. Wait for it, y'all. Do you remember? 35 minutes. She left a six-year-old outside by themselves for 35 minutes. I don't like it at all. Why couldn't she take the six-year-old with her for 35 minutes? Not 100% sure. Uh, Brittany's mom asks her brother and says, hey, where's Brittany? I haven't been able to, to find her. And he's like, I don't know. Well, the authorities were called later that night at about 10.30 p.m. when the child had roughly been missing for two hours. Um, I'm going to assume that whatever Tina was up to, she wanted to, you know, take the time to maybe find her kid on her own. I can I can get that, you know, like make sure that they're not just hiding in the house all willy-nilly and oh, being silly sure. or, you know. Yeah. However... <clears throat> The child couldn't be located at the apartment complex, which is U.S. 12. Oh, located on the U.S. 12. 
the main fare through through Sturgis. Brittany's bicycle was discovered abandoned shortly after she was last seen. Sketches of the unidentified man that Brittany was speaking to were distributed throughout the area in the following days um, after her disappearance. It is not known if the man is connected to her case. He was said to have been in his late 20s, early 30s, short, dark hair, and a thick mustache. He was driving a mid-sized sedan that was either red or brown, said the Renault. Uh, said Renault. Police are still looking for this man. Now, he's not being called a suspect, but just a witness who they would like to speak with. The fact that Brittany was seen talking to a stranger was odd. Her half-sister, 10-year-old Dixie, described her as being very, very shy. So she was so scared and skittish about talking to strangers that that was something that she did not do. Brittany was a small child, tomboyish, who loved being outside. She attended the Fawn River School and loved art and playing outside. One picture that she made that she was particularly proud of was arrangements that she had made from oak tree leaves that she had pasted onto paper. Her love of the outdoors may have been a choice, but some claim that the younger that the youngster didn't really have a choice. Rumors about the family had started to circulate through the streets and the neighbors often spoke of the neglect and abuse that they witnessed in the household. Several people noted that Brittany was often spotted playing outside on her own and once told a neighbor that her mother would lock her out of the house if she was bad. Gail Ashbrook, a neighbor, often saw Brittany playing alone in the sandbox by her apartment. She would tell Brittany to go home because the sandbox was quite far away from where she lived and that she didn't know if she should if she should be out there. <clears throat> well, come to find out, her mother locked her out there. Uh-uh. Because that's nice. I don't like that. A if search... <sighs> Sorry. And I, it's one thing to, like, kick your kid outside in your own yard. Yeah. For a few hours. <sighs> well, a search party was assembled, and they were assisted... By the police in a foot-by-foot search of the area. Brittany's apartments in Sturgis um, were pretty much mapped out. Jeff Smith, from he was the safety director from Sturgis Public Health. Um, he was one of the first officers to respond um, to the missing child. He remembers that first night very vividly. That He said the first night was about 20 hours long. We slept four hours and were back at it. We did this for a couple of weeks, he recalled. A bloodhound was able to track Brittany's scent to the parking lot of a nearby convenience store frequently used by interstate truckers, but the scent stopped here. At one point in the investigation, they focused on a 40-acre area where Brittany was known to play with other others in that open field, near the railroad track and storage buildings. No matter where the investigators and volunteers alike searched, there was absolutely no sign of Brittany. Early on in the, in, in the investigation, authorities speculated that it's more and more likely that Brittany was abducted rather than she ran away. There's certainly a potential for an abduction. It's pretty reasonable to, to think that there's obviously something more than just her having wandered off, said Agent Chuck Goodwin. Brittany did not have a picturesque life, to say the least. She also lived with her uncle, James Allen Beers. Dixie and Brittany were the, were the daughter of Raymond Beers. Did you hear that? So she lived with her uncle, James Allen Beers. Dixie and Brittany, half-sisters, were the daughters of Raymond Beers, James's brother, but lived with different mothers. Okay. So James lived with Brittany. That was her uncle. That was her dad's brother. Her dad lived somewhere else, and he had another daughter by another woman. 
Well, right. They're, we're playing musical brothers. Yes, we are. I like it. Yes. While the sisters were close, they mostly saw each other at the Geraldine playground. I was not allowed to visit Brittany's house, said Dixie. It's a complicated situation. Brittany's mother lived with my dad's brother. Both families lived within a short distance of the playground, and the sisters would meet there on unrelated, you know, times to play. In fact, just days after Brittany's disappearance, James Allen Beers was arrested on unrelated domestic violence charges. Hmm. He was accused of striking Stetler with a bottle. The last ever photograph of Brittany was taken by a babysitter on Children's Day at the St. Joseph County County Grange Fair. It was taken just the day before she disappeared. There was a stark change in Brittany's appearance. Her hair had been chopped off. Uncle James had chopped off her hair because she wasn't taking care of it, said Dixie. And this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to poor Brittany's abuse. Then in January of 1998, Brittany's 13-year-old brother, Joshua Lee Folsom, and her three-year-old sister, Autumn Stetler, were removed from the home. Um, due to alleged abuse by James Allen Beers. Stetler had taken the children, excuse me, she had been urged to leave James due to the abuse, and when she refused, her children were taken from her. Following their removal, Stetler had had dispositional hearings um, where she was ordered to find a job, maintain a stable residence, and something suitable for her children, and most importantly, to stay away from James. I'm not going to return the children to her with James Beers around, knowing that her son is afraid of him, knowing what he's done to her other children, said Joseph County Family Court Judge Thomas Shoemaker. The court, excuse me, the court records also show, showed allegations of child abuse um, from Kevin Folsom, who is the father of Joshua Folsom. So it sounds like she has four children from four different fathers. Mm. Folsom is a convicted, has a convicted charge of criminal sexual conduct and has since been in prison since 1996. Who was the victim of Folsom's, you know, sex assault? Well, Brittany, at just three years old. Oh, don't you know? Brittany was sexually, sexually abused by him. Her abuse came to light when she refused to let the babysitter bathe her one evening. When the babysitter questioned her, she said that Folsom had been molesting her. In addition to an August 1995 interview, Folsom told police that he had become aroused while the toddler was naked and bathing and had started to touch her. So after police had interviewed Folsom and he agreed, or not agreed, but admitted that, yeah, I had become aroused and I touched her while she was bathing. Fucker. You know, because that's... <clears throat> normal people are aroused by three-year-olds, don't you know? That just makes me sick as fuck. And I'm being sarcastic like and shitty as shit when I say that because nobody should be aroused in any fashion when a fucking toddler is nude. Brittany's little sister, Autumn, her father, his name was Lonnie Garvey. He was a cook at Herman's Eastside Food Shop. Unfortunately, Lonnie had passed away in 1996, but those who knew him said that he was a good father and he had often be seen feeding Brittany with her siblings in the restaurant. Sadly, that stability and that care was short-lived for the kids. The following year, Tina Stetler had a termination petition hearing in which she volunteered to give up her parental rights. She admitted that she just didn't have the accommodation or the finances to take care of her two remaining children. Brittany had been removed from the petition as she still remains missing. If she is found, a separate petition will be formed 
Oh, this is so fucking sad because really, by now, she doesn't even need this from her mom. But if she is found, a separate petition will be formed um, in her case to remove her from her mother's care. <sighs> Tina asked that the father be granted custody of Joshua while a brother and sister-in-law be granted custody of Autumn since her father was deceased. Over the forthcoming years, police investigated, well, and, you know, this is what's really fucked up, is she's granting custody to the son. His father is the one that molested Brittany and is currently in prison. Now, if she's granting custody to the husband, I guess the cus- he can be like, oh, give it to my mom or give it to my somebody, or he'll be DCFS custody. Jesus Christ. Right. Which is a whole bucket of fun for that boy. Um, anyways... Tina asked that Josh's dad get him, brother and sister-in-law will get Autumn. Um, Over the next forthcoming years, police investigated over a thousand leads. Age progression uh, images of Brittany were released every once in a while in the hopes that somebody would have seen her somewhere. Moreover, missing person posters with Brittany's face on on them were plastered to the back of 500 Zeller Bach truck trucking semi-trucks while another 200 were displayed on nascar and hot rod association vehicles in 2000 investigators chased a lead that became that had come in from detroit over 2000 pornographic images were discovered on a computer in the saint Clair shore home of russell tombs who was 41 at the time in more More than a dozen of these photographs was an unidentified girl who appeared to be four to six years old. The photographs illustrated the young girl to be crying, being raped by an older man and tied up in a laundry room and in a bedroom. We think this pornography was made domestically in the United States, said Maycomb County prosecutor Carl Malinga. Most child pornography comes from Europe and this looks different. The furnishings appear to be of the place. Um, This was a... Police released a photograph in the media of the little girl in the hopes that somebody could identify her. They shortly received a phone call um, from the Sturgis police who considered that that the little girl in the photographs could have been Brittany. The following week, however, they determined that it wasn't her. The little girl in the photographs was later tracked down to to Texas and tends to testified against her parents who were convicted of the charges related to the pornography. One of the suspects in the case also was Daniel Kevin Furlong, who was a con- who was convicted of the 2007 murder of an 11-year-old little girl named Jody Perrick. He was arrested after he attempted to restrain a 10-year-old from a white from White Pigeon with electrical cords and threatened her with a knife in his garage. Thankfully, she managed to escape, but after his arrest, DNA in his car linked him to the m- to the murder of Jody. We believe Furlong was in the area at the time, but nothing right now points to him being part of the Beers case, other than he's been charged with the murder of another little girl. Right before Christmas, Daniel Furlong took a polygraph and was asked questions about Brittany's disappearance. Director Smith wouldn't reveal if Furlong passed the test, but says Furlong's body language and statement gave him a bad gut feeling. I don't like this at all. So the way that he worded it said that Daniel Furlong on paper would have passed the polygraph, but that his posture, what did he say? All his like physical signs don't 
Yeah, said that. that his posture and the language in his statements gave him a bad gut feeling. Now, it is possible to pass a polygraph. Yeah. I know that some people have. I don't think I would. I think mine would be incorrect because of my anxiety. Right. And because of my ADHD and the fact that I have high blood pressure. Mine could be incorrect even if it was correct because oh, yeah, I just get because nervous. My, yeah. As soon as you ask me something and you ask it in a... Like, ask me something that you know I won't lie about, but ask me in a very accusatory tone and watch me panic. Right. And I'll tell you the fucking truth. But I will appear to be lying to you because you've now scared me or like, ugh, what do you, what do you mean? Why are you oh, saying God. it like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's why, fucking why weird. Why it like that? Why are you saying it like that? Sturgis police say right now the only connection they have to Furlong, two beers, was that the family um, was at the Motway, Motville, fucking Mottville Speedway. Furlong was extensively investigated as a suspect, but Smith declared he couldn't tell he couldn't tell me the truth about anything. I can't eliminate him, but I can't make him a person of interest. I just can't believe anything he says. He was sentenced 30 to 60 years for the murder of Jody. So from the sounds of it, this guy is a pathological liar, and perhaps he believes his own stories. To a degree that he can pass a polygraph because to him, he's telling the motherfucking truth. And that's right. my final truth. And that's the final truth. And that is the final truth. Kerosene King of North Carolina. South Carolina. Just kidding. This gentleman clearly has difficulty distinguishing in his own brain. Mr. Mr. Furlong can't determine what is real and what is fake. So if you hook him up to a little machine, what says, tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And all his truths are lies. Well, here we are. Um, Director of Sturgis Public Safety, Jeffrey Smith, was working the night, September 16th, uh, the same day that Britney Beers went missing. Ever since then, he keeps pictures of her on his desk. He said that this case is personal for me. Speedway owner Merle Holden tells us Furlong's wife worked at the concession stand and that Britney Beers' father, Ray, had raced there for many years. Ray told me that his ha- he thought that his half-brother, James, killed Britney. Ironically, Jody Perrick's grandfather also worked there and knew Daniel Furlong. I think after a while, he realized there was Jody's grandpa and he quit talking to me. Right now, why the fuck would you want to have a conversation with the granddad to the little girl that you fucking murdered? For real. Yeah, I I don't know why you would expect somebody to continue some kind of chit-chat relationship with you when you're the granddad of the victim or why you would want to consider talking to that person, but... Right now, Sturgis police tell us that there are two persons of interest in the Beers case, Furlong and one other person, and they're not currently commenting or giving any information on this suspect. Sturgis police say they are not done questioning Furlong about Beers, but that he can't be forced to take a second polygraph. He has to do everything voluntarily. And if anybody is anybody and has an IQ of, you know, 85... You can get through it. And you're not going to volunteer it anyway. You, you won't volunteer to take a fucking polygraph. Unless you know you're going to pass it. Right. And how credible are those anyway? Like sometimes I really do am they, unsure. That's what I've always wondered. Cause I really am unsure. Just, well, and I, even if I wasn't, I don't know. Depending on the situation and how, like... Depending on the situation, I wouldn't volunteer even if I was innocent to take. I wouldn't. 
Because I know how I act. If I get nervous, shit's out the window for me. Like I could tell you that my, I could tell you my full name and it would show up as a lie because I'm nervous. Well, and not only that, like how much attention is being drawn to you specifically every time this is happening? Because that's a lot to handle, like living in a small town. Like even if I was innocent, I don't know that I would continually put that kind of burden on my back. Right. I don't know. I know. And everybody's probably like, oh, God, but if you're innocent, uh, no, even like, let me explain to you, even though I am not doing anything, when a cop gets behind me, my first instinct is to fucking panic. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm not doing anything. I am 100% always in my seatbelt. Yep. My insurance is good. My registration is straight. I don't have any tickets. I don't have any anything. I have zero fucking reason to be worried, but I will freak the fuck out I'm right like, oh, and you ooh, sit ooh. there and watch it and you're like oh god are they coming for me are they coming for me even though everything is great and you're like right on the speed limit what did i do oh shit oh god uh, yeah. uh well yeah don't you freak me out every year to mark britney's uh to mark britney's disappearance a group of people will gather at the village manor apartments where she was last spotted that bench is now long gone but the memories still remain Ruth Ann Beers and her husband, James, who live in Corpus Christi, Texas, made the trip uh, most years to commemorate Brittany. They are the parents, grandparents of Brittany. Um, And Brittany's own mother attended only one vigil. Hmm. So they gather and put flowers and different little things right there where the bench used to be. Eventually, the case has started to go cold. Obviously, Sturgis police now receive little to no tips in the case. Nevertheless... They continue to examine whatever leads trickle in and continue to re-examine old information in the hopes that one day they could get a break in the case. As of today, Brittany Beers is still missing. Oh. If you have any information, please call Sturgis Police. I don't have their full number. That's fun. But contact them. You can Google it. Yeah, you can. Sturgis, Michigan. So what year did you say this was? It was 98? No. Oh, I was like, are you going to tell me? <laughs> yes. 1997. 97. We were in high school. I know. We were 17. We were 16, 17. Yeah. So the, the thing is, right now, the, the United States has the, the amount of missing kids in the United States is fucking gut-wrenching mm-hmm. um i know that there's a lot of conspiracies about where people have gone and you know the wayfair thing is a really big deal right now and i haven't i haven't considered like i haven't fully considered whether or not it's true or it's false but it feels a little fucking hinky maybe we don't leave our kids unattended unsupervised locked alone, out of the house locked out of our house I don't know, until they're a suitable age and locking your child out of the house is a completely reasonable punishment. When they're 18. When they're like, no, when they're like 17 and try to come home in the middle of the night. After like, freaking out fucker. and I just like give them a blanket and I'm like, you better go find somewhere, bitch. Sleep in the backyard. Just kidding. Yeah. Don't, leave your, don't leave your babies unattended. And no. uh, stay, stay out, out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.